Hi there, everybody. Garen and Jordan back for one more uh, follow-up. We are going to take a break for the summer after this, but we are back for one more to wrap up the family series that Garen's been teaching through. And yesterday, Garen taught us about grandparenting from Psalm 78 and just the impact that grandparents can have on a on a child's life and uh, just how important that is to not just be the fun grandparent, right. but to be a spiritual resource yeah. as a grandparent. Yep. An intentional grandparent. Yeah. It's that word intentionality, and it's one of my favorite words. Intentionality. We can't just uh, can't just be giving candy away as grandparents. No. Nope. It's our, it can't just be the fun, the fun grandparent. God calls us to more than that. Because there's more at stake. There's a soul at stake. Kind of like with parenting, it's it might be easy to just be a fun parent. Sure, right. But to do it intentionally, yeah. you really got to dig in and think through it. Yeah. And maybe as a grandparent, you think, my time's over molding and shaping. I'm the fun one now. Right. But if you really take that, Yes. responsibility seriously there's a lot more work to be done right well it's kind of like the thing you hear these days a lot of parents feel like they have to be their kid's friend and that's what they want to be mm. i want to be the fun parent but you you can't inculcate anything important in your kids if you don't have any authority of any sense or you're not trying to pour something into it same thing with the grandparent if i'm just want to be the fun grandparent you know i'm i'm putting all that weight on the ki- on my kids to do all that spiritual upbringing all by themselves when I'm given the responsibility, we can talk in a minute. There's just so much more that a grandparent brings to the table that that can help those the parents, right? Yeah, such a unique that. role and voice they can have. Yeah. You know, we decided on that a long time ago, Kate and I. I was going to be the fun one, and she handles <laughs> and she all gonna, parenting decisions. Yeah. So I play with them, and then when they're bad, I just send them to her, and yeah, she— That's how it should be. She disciplines them. Yeah. So we just split it up <laughs> evenly. Not really. I don't think Kate listens to these or she would probably push back on that. Um, okay, we talked about Psalm 78, verses 1 through 7, and that was kind of our text. We moved through it and and found some truth in there. A couple things that I found when I listened to it that were really good. Man, grandparents outside of parental influence have the top influence in a child's life. Yeah. 37% of grandparents were the highest non-parental influence for children, which surprised me. Yeah. That's pretty astonishing. And there was a study, another one I didn't bring out, that another study that was like some some university, I don't remember, that found the same thing, that kids, when they talk about the thing that they look to that really influences them, <clears throat> that they had grandparents was ranked as number one outside of their parents. It was pretty crazy. So 37% had grandparents as one, but how high do you think the number is if you just ask like top three? I mean, I bet it's right. really, then really it, high. Yeah, then it would be really high. I think about my grandparents, and I don't know if they were number one, but I... They were definitely up there for me. I mean, when they told me something, I it really meant a lot. Yeah. Or when they spent time with me, I mean, I still remember a lot of that stuff. So yeah, right. if you're a grandparent, you absolutely have a unique voice and a unique opportunity to influence. So we got to take full advantage. Um, you said that grandparents are not only called to make a difference in a child's life, but to leave a spiritual legacy. And yes. so my question is, Garen, why is it not enough to just have a good influence? Um you know, instill some good values in them and be 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 the fun one. Uh, why do I have to be so intentional with this? Yeah. I mean, one, I, from what we looked at yesterday, Scripture commands it in the Torah. It commands it in the Psalms that, that I am commanded to teach the, the Word of God, and I am commanded to talk about what He's done in my life. So one, it's it's commanded to do. But that's just for people who aren't retired, though, Karen. Oh yeah, don't you know? But once you retire, yeah, that's yeah, you retire like, spiritually too. Right? Yeah, right. You just retire. Is that how it goes? You aren't. You don't have to do anything anymore. <laughs> that's how it. 
Yeah, that's how. It, that's why God. That's why God retired thing. Moses on Mount Horeb. He said, "You're retired. You're <laughs> yeah. gonna stay here now and rest. And you're done." No, you're right. Living our whole lives intentionally is huge, but that's not what culture tells us. No, it's not what culture tells us. And the other thing I would say is that I was a little bit talking about yesterday. A lot of what I read, and when I thought about it, it rings true that that grandparents have a unique bond with grandkids, and the grandparents aren't the ones who are the disciplinarians and. Sometimes that relationship with parents can get tense and all of that. Right. Right. And, but that that relationship with grandparents is unique in such a way that um, you, you need both, you need parents and grandparents building into a child because a grandparent is building into them too. And they're receiving it in a different way and receiving it if it's intentional. Um, they're actually more open to it. That's why I read that kids will have teenagers, not all. But some of them will tell their grandparents things going on in their life struggles that they won't tell their parents. So if they come to value you and they value the input, they will talk to you about things they won't talk to your parents. So if the grandparents are absent spiritually, they can't have those. They're not going to bring you those conversations. Yeah. But if I'm intentional with it and they know it matters to me, then they would be then more willing to, to come and say, I'm, I'm doubting this or I'm struggling with this. Yeah. So your pushback on somebody who would say, hey, they have two God-fearing parents. They don't really need me pouring in as well. In fact, that might be overkill. You know, they don't, they don't need it from all those directions. You, you would push back and say, you actually have a really, really unique voice that no yes. one else does, not yes. even their parents. Yes. And so for you to take yourself out of the game like that, they're yep. really, You're, they're, they're missing, missing something. something. Yep. That's yeah. why that, that grace, that last of the four, that embodying grace and unconditional love, because a grandparent does embody that in a unique way. And that's why they can be free to bring things. Because like, I'm not telling my parents what I'm really thinking about Jesus right now. Right. Because, you know, you have that parental thing and they're strict and they may mm -hmm. say, oh, well, then you're going to church every, you know, whatever. But a grandparent, they've experienced that unconditional love and they're like, you know, they seem to love me no matter what. Not that they don't think that the parents, but they feel it differently. Yeah. And so that's really huge. And I want to be there for that. Mm -hmm. I want to have that set up. I don't want it to be if they've got spiritual questions. They're like, ah, oh, grandpa, it really doesn't matter to him. He shows up on Sunday and sits in a pew, but it doesn't matter. Why am I going to go to him about this? I yeah. want it that... They know it matters to me. Right. And then I love them so that we can have those conversations. Yeah, that's huge. I think anybody who works with children or students knows that the degradation of the family unit in America is a real thing. And we sometimes we just think about, oh, well, if only they had two good parents. Well, yes, but you showed that model of six yeah. godly adults, you know, praying for and molding each child. Yeah. And how much that could push back against what we're seeing in the rest yes, of America. Exactly. Like, wow, not only if you had two parents that cared about you, but think about six, you know, four grandparents and two adults who are shaping and molding you. I mean, the the difference there is huge. That's like exponential, exponentially more impactful than yes. if you just had right. one or two parents talking to you. Yeah, great word, exponential. I think it is, that's his intent. It's exponential impact. And think of all the kids who don't have that much anymore. Maybe they have one parent who's a believer and the other two with grandparents, you know, I don't, it's just, I think it's rare to have the six, but that's how God Pretty darn it. rare. Yeah, pretty rare. I don't know if I know of anybody like that, which maybe makes the grandparent thing even more important because if you don't have a parent or maybe you've got one, but not both parents who are spiritually pouring in, man, how much more of a gap can yeah. you fill right there? Yeah. That's huge. Well, it was like me. My parents weren't believers and my dad's mom was though, and I knew it. And she was one of those six, I had one, but that influenced me. And I still remembered that. And the fact that she was praying for me and I respected her so much. And when we go to Texas, we would go to church. 
with her because my dad felt like we should. And I just had one and that impacted me. Man, I'm like, man, it'd be a dream to have six parents who love Jesus. And I mean, six adults who love Jesus that influence you. So one of the pushbacks from yesterday in my mind was, well, if I'm not a grandparent, what does this matter to me? And then you said something, you said that my spiritual ceiling can be my children's spiritual floor. Yeah. And that's a really cool visual. And if you think about that, my my kids, potential kids, it could be the same story for them. Yes, so the really, same. I am I am on that journey to being an influential grandparent right now as I'm raising yes. Maggie, Jet, yes. and Jude. And it begins today because yes. I set them up and then they can yes. set their kids yes. up. And then it's like, wow, yes. then we reap the benefits of that yes. in 50 years, which is really yes. cool. And then you've set it up to where they're interested in those things so you can really have a right. maximum impact. But if you screw around now, so to speak, that's why I said you're 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 really setting up that you're going to have a hard grandparenting influence. Yeah. It's yeah. like we're planting seeds for a harvest 50 years down the road, yes. which is kind of a cool idea. Yeah. But even if you're hearing this and you're not someone who's married or wants to have kids or maybe you're single or whatever, you know, being a grand, this wasn't just about being a grandparent. This is really about being an influence on a younger person, no yes. matter what that looks yes. like. And so it, you don't have to be just be a grandparent to do that because we are a community, we're a body. And so no matter your voice, if you are speaking into the next generation, that's a really valuable, valuable spot to be. And you talked about the the things that we used to do that, you know, the brick and mortar of that wall, the the brick is faith and the mortar is love. And so love kind of holds together uh, the big faith pieces. And so you said some ways that we can show that love, whether it's as a grandparent or just a mentor or whatever, is that we give time, we initiate conversation, we affirm them. And then like you mentioned earlier in this podcast, we embody love and grace, kind of in a way that maybe parents, I don't want to say they can't, but it's just harder it's for just them because different. they're so yeah. close. Yeah, they're so close. And they're just, they're so intense in the battle because <laughs> parenting can be a battle sometimes, right? You yeah. know, grandparents, you're just, you're, I remember telling our kids when they were like older and I'm like, man, if I could parent differently, I'd just be a lot more chill. Well, you learn that after perspective over time. So grandparents kind of have that perspective. Like, yeah, you know, you can just kind of be chill with that and they're not as responsible. So they really can embody I read in two different places, two different things, that maybe the grandparents probably reflect the unconditional love of God more than any other person in your life. Hmm. And I thought, wow, that's, I had never thought of that. So, yeah. Um, so, looking at that list of love, giving time, initiating conversation, affirming them, or embodying love and grace, is there one that jumps out to you as either like, wow, I'm really excited to do that? I feel like I'm really going to ease into that well? Or is there one that's like, wow, I'm kind of thinking about how I might do that because that sounds tough. Anything on that list that Probably, gives you either I think, of those feelings? You know, the time generally is easy if you care about them and you want to be with them. The embodying love, I think, comes a little natural. I think of the two, <clears throat> the thing that's probably the hardest is the intentional conversation. And you're not going to like make every conversation about Jesus, but, but that, you know, intentionally with our grandkids that I want to be when I'm with them, that as they get older, to just ask them, like, how's your day? How are things going? Right. And I, I want them to know kind of my life a little general, know about their life. And if I if you keep that going, you're setting that up when they get a little bit older that that, that communication is there, that you're mm -hmm. not suddenly creating it. And they're like, well, he never talked to me about that before. I yeah. Know. So to me, that's the big one is that I'm going to make sure I'm involved in intentionally being talking and having conversation, just asking how's things going, how's life, so. Yeah, and what you said about how guys and girls do that differently, I have found to be so true in my life that with girls generally, you can sit down and have a face-to-face -face of, hey, how's life, talk to me about this, and they'll respond well to it. Yeah. 
that with guys generally, we need to be shoulder to shoulder. We need to be working on a project or driving or riding bikes and that we'll stand shoulder to shoulder and, and get deep. But if yep. we're going to look in each other's eyes, it's yeah, like, it's oh, I don't not, know if I can do I this. It's like, that's why we sit side by side when we do this. That's then, right? right. Yep. I, I don't even look at you. I just stare straight ahead at the wall. It's like, okay, this is good. And partly I said that because I know there are some older, probably some older grandpas that are just like, uh, who are like, man, I haven't had those or I'm not used to those, but sure. they, but I, I can't, part of the reason I said that is just go out and like do some work with them, take them out in the truck and chop wood. And if you'll do that and just ask questions, guys generally will respond to that. So yeah. I was just trying to, to give a little hope, right. um, that make the task a little easier yeah. for guys. Yep. And then on the faith side, you said, uh, the Bible prayer modeling, your life, sharing experiences, and having teachable moments. Those are kind of the faith pieces. So one, same question. One on there that to you sounds particularly exciting or maybe one that's tougher than the rest? To, I mean, to me, Jordan, the modeling, if it's not real in your life, they'll know it, right? Yeah. Oh, he's faking that. Oh, there he is doing a fake Bible devotional thing again or whatever. Uh -huh. So to me, I think modeling it, because if, it, if it's in my life, I'm going to, it's the, the prayer and Bible is just going to be automatic, right? It'll just flow. It flows out of you. That's what I feel like. I mean, there still needs to be intentionality, but yep. Um, I mean, just last night I prayed with Nellie. We were over there. They put her to bed, and they have a prayer with her beforehand. And Josue's like, "Hey, you want to do it, Grandpa?" And she goes, "Yeah, I want Grandpa." Well, she just said, "Yeah, Grandpa, yeah, or Grandpa, do it." Mm -hmm. So I did that. But that's a natural thing. I think the other one is those teachable moments. If it's all about I've got a planned Bible study or I mean you can't get robotic about it, but right. I think it's that if you're having conversations and you're walking with them, just hearing like what are the undertones in their life, and then as they encounter things, be like you know yeah you know I've been there or the Bible actually talks to that, and to me speaking of those teachable moments, I think is really important. I agree. I would say I would echo that that model piece is so important. I've had lots of conversations with students where they'll say you know. I really feel like um, with my parents, sometimes I don't see them living it out. And it's hard for me to want to do this Jesus thing when it's kind of an act yep. or they're different on Sunday than the rest of the day. And I yeah. think that's true for anybody. When you see spiritual leaders in your life, not modeling things, but it's like, do as I say, not as I do. Yeah. Why in the world would I want yeah. to live that out? You know. So that is such a key piece, no matter who you are, parent, grandparent, student mentor, whatever. That's That's really key. Yeah. And I think probably for you in youth ministry, I mean, you're doing intentional things. You're, you're doing Wednesday nights and all that. But I guess some of your biggest impact is you're just with a student going to Sonic or something and a yeah. conversation comes up and you speak into their life. Right. Yeah. You, you gestured on the paper towards teachable moments there. And that's really, I feel like everything we do in student ministry is, not everything, but a lot of what we do in student ministry is trying to set the stage for a teachable moment for a conversation between a student and a leader or two students where they can really dig into something real and be open to hearing yeah. what the Bible has to say about it. So, yep, you're exactly right. That's that's really key. All right, so we agree that parents are primary disciples, yep, right? It, it can't be up to primary. Sunday school teachers. Right. It can't be grandparents. It can't be anybody else. You as the parent need to be the primary discipler, which means you are the primary model your student looks to as they follow Jesus, that you set the tone spiritually for them. But you know, raising kids doesn't happen in a vacuum. You're part of a community and a yep. body and grandparents are a big part of that community. And so if grandparents can come alongside and support and, uh, you know, play their special unique role, yep. then that makes your job so much easier 
And like we said, exponentially exponential impact. increases the impact that we can have on students. Dude, I should have used that yesterday. I love that exponential impact. Man, we'll go, we'll, uh, we'll take this voice recording and we'll just cut it into the audio. So anyone who listens, <laughs> there you go. they'll hear it and they won't know the difference. Okay. Um, any Dude, last thoughts? Yeah, you had a really good question. Like, what about <clears throat> oh, I a did. grandparent? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, maybe their kids are already teens, and they haven't been intentional. And then they're like, so this week, they're going to come over and say, hey, let's have a 30-minute Bible study, and it's going to feel really whacked, right? <clears throat> really weird. Yeah, it's going to feel forced out of yeah, nowhere. forced. Because I've heard you say that. I've heard you say, man, you know, it's hard for kids when they're like in middle school, you know, and their parents all of a sudden decide we're going to church now. The kids are like, what? Yeah. Like we've never yeah. done this before. Right. And so if you're in a, yeah, if you're in a grandparent role and you heard this yesterday, for you to start doing that, carte blanche is like, okay, what? Where'd this come from? This is so weird. So how do you do that? How do you ease into that and not make it seem weird or suspicious? Yeah. I, I mean, my initial thought is you just try to figure out like, what's one thing I can, yeah, I'm not going to do this whole ball of wax, but is there something I can do a little bit different? Could it be like, you know, maybe just a prayer, praying for him, but even like the next time you see him, you're like, you know, I haven't done this much, but can I just pray for you? Or even those four questions, you know, I try to ask my family, which is, you know, what are your biggest joys and things in life right now? What are your fears? What are things you're worried about? Um, is there any way I can help you and how can I pray for you? And if they share that and then that's, so that's a conversation. And then you're like, can I just pray for that right now? Mm-hmm. If, if it's just real natural, you know? It, to me, it's just starting with those small kind of natural things. And yeah. Like, I, I, I care about this. I want to do this. I so. think that's all good. Can I offer two little nuggets too? Yeah, I want to hear. I'm it. around students a lot. I've blown it a lot, and I've kind of learned a little bit. Um, one thing is that students need to know that you care about them as a person. Yes. And we just talked about this recently. Before you care about their salvation yes. or their spiritual formation, if yep. they're a project to you, yep. they will right. sense it, and they will they will put the walls up. Yep. The other thing is that if you, I just forgot the second one. Well, the first one was really good, at least. Well, it was gotta, because that's that's this that's the mortar, right? <laughs> that holds it all together, right? Right. If they're yeah, the like, this really isn't about me or caring for me. Yeah. It, this is all going to fall flat. That mortar is so significant. That's why I hit it first. That's really the thing that holds it, it together. Key. Oh, I just remember the second one. Yeah. That if you, um, that students don't want something done to them. They would rather have it done through them. Like we talk about ministry for students, right? right. We don't do it to them, but through them. And so with students, if they, once again, if they feel like, man, grandpa or grandma, they're really pushing this on me. I don't, I don't know what I feel about it. it. That can feel one way. But if you were to approach a student and just say, hey, like you said, I've been thinking about this or I've been thinking about ways to improve on this. What do you think about that? Or, hey, I, w- I read this psalm. I know we don't talk about this much, but I would really love to hear what you think about it. Invite them into a conversation yeah. where you're you're mutually benefiting. And that is something, if they feel like they're contributing to it, that can be so much more powerful than, hey, I was reading Jeremiah yesterday and I yeah. just I noticed three things we need to talk about. And they're like, what? <laughs> no, invite them into a conversation that you l- legitimately get something out of just as much as they do. Yeah. And that can be a really powerful tool. Dude, I, I think, think you need to do a grandparenting podcast like every week. I am an That's old soul. Good. Love gardening, fly fishing, golfing. Maybe I am that's 60, what tired people yeah, do. Golf, I am like sixty-five dude, on are, the inside. You are. An I've old got soul. shoulder problems. So honestly, man, the oldest thirty-two-year-old you know. Okay, hope that was helpful. Hope you heard it. And even if you are not currently in that grandparenting role, that you can either, you know, put it on the shelf so that one day you can use it, or, or better yet, use it to mentor a younger person right now. Yes, because I think those are yep. those are things we're called to do, no matter what our role in the body is. So. 
All right, reminder, this was our last follow-up for the spring, and the summer we'll be doing the Psalms, but but nothing on here. Yep. And so we'll be back, uh, I don't know the date, but sometime in the fall, mid-August, yeah. we'll be back. So That's it's just, fine. you know, so many millions of listens, the servers are really bogged down, so we just got to give it a break. <laughs> um, so just kidding. Okay, guys, thanks for being with us, and we'll see you again in the fall.